find a place of prayer at the beginning of your day to get in tune with God, to yield dominion to him. Let the king have dominion in your heart and in your thoughts. Let the king have permission to rule and reign and have dominion over your day. Many times by default, you're giving up dominion. You're meant to walk in it. We're meant to walk in it. Praise God. I feel such a witness of the Holy Ghost there. And so, I know we like to complicate it. It really is a matter of what we lay hold of or what we give up. What we give up. We can and should walk in it every day. Every day. Every day. In Jesus' name. Now understand there are times that bonds have to be broken. And there's spiritual work. But when the Lord fills you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you didn't get like a sliver of God's ability to work in your life. You got all of God's ability to work in your life. And so as we learn to yield to and walk in his spirit, we walk in dominion. In Jesus' name. It's a different Bible study for a different night, but that, and so important for somebody. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hebrews 11. I want to take just a few minutes tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about unity again. That may that probably doesn't surprise you. I appreciate so many of you praying for that this month as we continue to pray for God's spirit of unity in, with, and among us. I find the more I pray about unity, the more the God, the more that God deals with me in areas of my life where there could be some element in my life, in my thinking, in my actions, in my attitude that hinder unity. Now, I pray for you, too. Not saying you're a problem, and that's why there's not unity. <laughs> I pray for you, too, that God would help us all to know how we fit together. Our place. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about unity and calling. And uh, tonight, I want to talk a few minutes about unity and place. Unity and place. We have a place in the body. We read it last a couple weeks ago, and I, I, I'm going to knock on wood. I'm going to give you my word. I don't think I'll take an hour and a half tonight like I did a couple Thursday nights ago. You all are so gracious. You were patient and receptive, and nobody sent me ugly texts afterwards. And so I love you guys so much. But I want to talk about unity and place, right? Because if we're fitly framed together, we have to have a place. Sometimes we wrestle with that. We compare other people's places. Hebrews chapter 11, very familiar to us, right? To many, Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. 
so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So we see this opening to what we call the chapter of faith. And so I want us to look at some things here. Let's go down to verse 7. I want us to look at some of the people from Scripture. For sake of time, I did not start in the Old Testament tonight. You all know how I like to do that sometimes and then jump from the Old to the New so we can see. So you can go back and study some of these characters in the Old Testament. Hebrews 11 and you're there in verse 7, let me say while you're there, it is a great privilege and honor and a blessing to me to have my dear, dear, dear friend with me tonight. I mean, that is an honor to have. This is my friend Greg. Greg and I have been, we came into each other's life when we both needed a friend. I was 15, he was 15, and we both needed a friend. And we met, and we became the best of friends. And um, I'll tell you how good of friends we were. Bought a car for 75 bucks. I think, was it 75 or 175 bucks? (laughs) Did it run? Yes. It was an old 70-something six Dodge Colt, I think is what it was. Four-speed, stick shift. We both drove that car. How long did that thing last? A month? Three months. I mean, what do you expect for 75 bucks? For three months, and uh, the man who sold it to us felt so bad that it only lasted three months. If I remember right, he gave the money back, some of it or something like that. And uh, Greg and I have spent time in Mexico together. We've spent time in Florida together. We've laughed together. We've cried together. We've prayed together. We've walked through some dark areas together. We've walked through some victories together. And through it all, he's been my friend. I thank God for my friend. Love you, Greg. Appreciate you. And so, glad he's here tonight. Amen. Hebrews 11 and 7. By faith. Everybody say, by faith. You know, faith isn't always I realize there's times where we recognize an arising of faith in our spirit. But I don't always think that's what we're reading about in Hebrews 11. These are heroes of faith. And we're reading about things that happened in their daily life. It's easy to forget that. We're reading about a story in their daily life. What's interesting is you don't read some story about they laid hands on a dead man and he got up. Do you ever notice like Elijah and Elisha aren't in the heroes of faith? not saying they didn't have faith, but when we think about faith, we think about the miraculous and we think about, they're not listed in here. Samuel. 
What's going on? We're talking about men and women of God in their daily life that responded to God's voice and word. And for that cause, they're called heroes of faith. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Aren't you thankful for Noah? When's the last time you thanked God for Noah? Huh? <laughs> you understand, and I understand, had it not been for this man right here, you would not be here today. You understand that? Were it not for Noah, the human race would have been wiped from the earth. But Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives, these eight people, they're the reason you're here tonight. They're the reason the human race was not wiped from the earth. You ought to thank God for Noah every once in a while. <laughs> How do you think about that? Do you think Noah recognized that the existence of the entire human race was on him? I, I don't think so. I think Noah just heard from God. Noah cared about his family. Noah loved God. Noah wanted to do what God said, and as crazy as it sounded, God gave him a plan to build a big boat. And so Noah had enough faith the substance of what he hoped for, the salvation of his family, but the evidence of what he didn't yet see. So by faith, Noah prepared an ark. Doesn't even say to the saving of the human race. It's to the saving of his house. It was his what he decided to do because he knew I have a responsibility to the saving of my house. And this is how God told me to do it. Aren't you thankful for Noah? What a man of faith. The Bible says he found grace. Genesis 6 and 8, I believe. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Skip down to verse 8. Don't worry, I'm talking about calling, unity, and place. Hang in there. Verse 8, by faith. Everybody say, by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. I can relate to that part of Abraham. Anybody ever felt like, man, I don't know where I'm going? Look, Abraham didn't know where he was going. You can walk by faith and not know where you're going. Never said that before. It's in the Word. Now, he didn't know where he was going, but he had direction. Sometimes we don't walk by faith because we don't just want direction. We want to know where we're going. And Abraham didn't know where he was going. 
He was just told to get out of where he was. Ooh, for, for some of you, your step of faith is not so much about where you're going yet as much as just making a decision to get out of where you are. You say, well, yeah, but if I do, what? I don't know. Faith says I know and goes and trust God to show the next step. He acted in faith. What? Was there some big supernatural thing that just took place there with Abraham? He just wanted to please God. So when the word of the Lord said, leave your father's house and head out to a place I'll show you. Abraham, by faith, said, okay. And he went. Let's keep reading here. Verse 9. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He wasn't looking for an earthly city. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now, I have a question for you. Aren't you thankful for Abraham? Amen? When's the last time you thanked God for Abraham? You guys are seeing a pattern here, aren't you? I'm really not trying to set you up. I just want you to think about these men of God or people of God in Hebrews 11. You understand Noah was responsible for you and I being here, the saving of the human race. Abraham is the reason he's the one that got the promise that made it possible that you and I as Gentiles could receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That promise came to him. Abraham, I'm going to bless your seed and your seed seed. And in you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Your children are going to be like the sand of the sea and the stars of the heavens. The sand of the sea, the natural, the stars of the heaven, the spiritual. That's the promise that came to Abraham. Because you know why it came to Abraham? Because Abraham was a friend of God. He had faith. Faith to do mighty miracles? I don't know, maybe. But we don't see any. I don't, anybody know any miracles that God did through Abraham? Isaac was born. Anybody know any other miracles God did through Abraham? I mean, he was 100 when Isaac was born. What about the first 100 years? Any other miracles? I mean, I know he offered his son Isaac, but was that a miracle? That was obedience. I know there was a ram caught in a thicket, but that was just God showing off. Abraham didn't do anything there. But he's in the heroes of faith. See how we think about faith. I'm not saying faith isn't required for God to do miracles. I'm not saying God doesn't use us with faith to do miracles. But I'm talking about calling and place. And we get 
in our call, we walk our unity in place and we walk in unity and we find our place by faith. Noah built an ark because that was his place to do it. Abraham received the promise of God because he was the friend of God. He showed himself faithful to God. He walked in faith. Man, how great was Abraham. Skip down to verse 24. So you thought we were going to read the whole chapter. We're already... We jumped all the way to 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, I want you to look at that verse right there. If I were to say to you, Moses was a man of faith, could you give me an example of his faith? You might say, well, you know what? He saw a burning bush and turned aside. You might say, he threw down a stick and it became a serpent. You might say he stuck his hand into his jacket and pulled it back out and it was withered and he stuck it in and it was un. He stretched his rod over the Red Sea in the water party. That's not the first thing they said about Moses. By faith, Moses, when he was old enough to know, that's what it means when he was come to years, when he got old enough to know. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, he refused. Everybody say refused. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why is that a recognition of faith? I'll tell you why. He knew his identity. And he refused. Faith said, I refuse to let this world Label me something that I am not. Just because I was raised in Pharaoh's house does not mean I'm of the house of Pharaoh. Just because I was raised by Pharaoh's daughter does not mean I'm the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I was born a Hebrew. I was a child of the chosen. And by faith, I refuse to be called something I am not. I know who I am. It takes faith to know who you are. By faith, he refused to be called. Don't sell your identity by faith. Let's read verse 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction. Man, that sounds like faith. Rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He made a choice. Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ. Is that what it says? What did Moses know about Christ? I know you've read that before, but you just read past it and didn't pay attention, huh? What did Moses know about Christ? Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith, if I say by faith, by faith. let's just pause. Go back to verse 26 because I, I sort of left you hanging about that thing with Christ. We should at least touch on that so you can dig in it more. 
But what we understand from that statement is that Moses, the same way Christ suffered in his humanity, he endured the shame, despised the shame, endured the cross, despising the shame, right? Made himself of no reputation. Why did he do all that? For the joy that was set before him, he did all that. Is that what the word says? For the joy that was set before him. That's what Moses did. Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ. Moses, in his life of faith, walked according to the pattern that Christ would walk after. He was hearing from God. It's beautiful when you read the book of Acts. It talks about Moses, and it says Moses was in the church in the wilderness. Some of you didn't know that either. Go read it. It's in there. Moses was in the church in the wilderness. So much good stuff here, but I'm trying to stay focused. Verse 27, watch. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. I want you to see some things here. We don't have time for all this tonight, so you're gonna, you can go dig and study. In those four verses about Moses' life, we see four distinct and specific things that he did by faith. And if you and I are, and these are, this is him walking in his, in unity with the body of Christ, you're going to see this is him walking in unity with the body of Christ and knowing his place. But there are four things that are a result of faith. You and I can't walk in unity and we can't know our place without faith. It takes faith that God has called us. It takes faith that we're meant to be a part of the body of Christ. It takes faith that God has a plan for us, even if I don't understand it all yet. It takes faith that he does place me in the body as it pleases him. It takes faith that by the time he's done working with me, he knows what he's doing. He doesn't make mistakes. He can and will use me if I'll continue walking in faith. That's what we're seeing from these examples here. But watch. The first thing he did by faith was he, he held to his identity by faith. The second thing he did is he made choices in faith. That's verse number 25. He chose to suffer. He made choices in faith. Sometimes we make choices in feeling or in what we want rather than in faith. He made a choice in faith. The third thing, verse 26, he saw a reward in faith. There's rewards when you walk in faith. You just got to go, you know what? I don't know when I'll see it, but I know. I'm not, walking in, I'm not walking in faith just for the reward, but I'm walking in faith because I know there is a reward. Does that make sense? It's like people say, well, I don't work for the money. Well, maybe not, but they stop giving it to you. You're going to quit working, I bet. So we walk by faith knowing there is a reward. Okay? Now, the Lord Jesus is our focus, but we understand, really, he's the reward. All right? And then finally, verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt. Faith causes you and I to walk in holiness. He separated himself from the world that he was a part of by faith. Okay? Talking about unity in place. Okay. 
So now you've got Moses. Aren't you thankful for Moses? Amen. <laughs> Hannah started grinning already. She's like, right? When's the last time you thank God for Moses? You understand, were it not for Moses, we would not have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We would not have the first five books of Scripture. We would not have the Pentateuch. We would not have, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and him only shalt thou serve. We would not have, and God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. We wouldn't know about Noah if we didn't have Moses. We wouldn't know about Abraham if we didn't have Moses. Moses penned the words of their life. He wrote the history and their story so that we could read it and know it and have a foundation upon which all is built from. Aren't you thankful for Moses? Verse 31. These are heroes of faith, aren't they? By faith, the harlot Rahab. Weren't expecting that one, were you? By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. What did she do? She didn't die with the unbelievers because she received the spies with peace. I miss anything there? Is that what comes to your mind when you have faith? Man, I've got such great faith, I didn't die. And I received some spies with peace into my house. What was she doing? I'll tell you what she she was trying to save her family. Sort of see a pattern here. She was seeking the saving of her house. She had faith. She'd heard some stories about Israel and their armies and their conquering. She had faith, maybe, just maybe. I'll believe that if I take these guys into my house, they won't harm me. I don't know if she believed in the living God yet at that point or not. But she made it into Hebrews 11. Aren't you thankful for Rahab? Anybody ever thank God for Rahab lately? You understand tonight that were it not for Rahab, you realize the bloodline of the Lord Jesus Christ ran through this 
harlot. Now, you realize she's called even in Hebrews 11, as we just read and is still there. Even in Hebrews 11, she's still called the harlot Rahab. But the harlot is what she was before this happened. That's the only reason the writer called her by faith the harlot Rahab. Because at the time she expressed her faith, she was a harlot. But after the expression of her faith, she was a harlot no longer. She acted in faith, and what she was was changed, and she went from a life of loss to her place in the kingdom of God. Talking to you tonight about unity and your place. Now, I have a question for you. Out of Noah and Abraham and Moses and Rahab, these are the four we just pulled out of here. Out of these four, which one is the greatest? Which one's most important? Which one's more spiritual? Which one matters more to the kingdom of God? Oh, you could argue for Moses, the writer of the... You could argue for Noah, I mean, or we wouldn't be here. You could argue for Abraham or the promise. You could argue for Rahab because of the bloodline of... But how are you going to determine which one matters the most? Most important. Most, most faithful, the one with the most faith, the one whose name should be on the kingdom of God business card. That, which, which one's the most important? Who matters the most? Which one should get the most recognition here? Which... Now, I, I'm being a bit facetious, and I know you understand that, because we don't read about any of these and go, there's not a one of us here that goes, Man, I don't know why Moses got to write the first five books and I didn't. Why didn't God use me to write some of the Bible? Anybody ever thought that? Why didn't God use you to write some of the Bible? I know some of you think you wrote some. No, I'm kidding. You rewrote the Bible. No. Anybody ever get bothered that you didn't get called on to build an ark? They knew their place. They had a place. They had a place in the plan of God. They had a place in the kingdom of God. They had a function in a time in which they lived. They had a place and a function, and they fulfilled it. Therefore, they were heroes of faith, and they walked in unity with the plan of God. I promise you, if we walk in unity with the plan of God, we'll walk in unity with one another. You know, there were those that rose up against Moses. His own family. We can hear from God just like you can. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what they said, isn't it? We can hear from God just like you can. How come you think? Well, Moses never said he thought anything. But in their own mind. The Lord said, I'll deal with that. 
Moses, I want you to call Miriam and Aaron together. Bring them in here. I want the three of you. And the Spirit of the Lord came down in the midst of them and addressed them. He said, you, you didn't think anything about speaking out against my servant, Moses? Remember what we read a couple weeks ago? Seven things the Lord hates. The seventh one, he that soweth discord among his brethren. Miriam and Aaron were sowing a little discord. The two of them pulled off to the side and decided to talk about their brother. And the Lord said, I'll deal with that. Why were they talking about him? Because they were comparing themselves to him. Comparison destroys unity. Korah had some friends. They got a little upset. They thought they should be able to do some things in the temple, the tabernacle, the way the sons of Aaron did. Who, you know, we're not, how come we don't get to do? And they decided, you know, let's show. And finally, Moses said, I'll tell you what, let's see who God has chosen. If you're with Korah, get there. Otherwise, get here. And the Lord caused the earth to open up and swallowed Korah and all those. Remember that story? What was the Lord doing? I'll tell you what he was doing. He was dealing with division. Korah, this, this will sound negative. I don't mean it negative. It's, it was negative for Korah. Korah didn't know his place. I don't mean like get in your place, buddy. You should know your place. I mean, he didn't know his place in the kingdom of God. And so he desired a different place that he thought was, in his mind, elevated or better than the place God had him. Whereas if he would have just walked in the place God had him, he would have brought all the blessing of God. See, unity, part of unity is knowing my place. Now, I know we use that term oftentimes in a corrective way, like know your place. That's not how I'm saying it tonight. I hope you understand that. I'm talking about us being placed by God in the body. Isn't that what the scripture teaches us? He's placed his members in the body as it pleases him. And so we seek to know our place. God, where you've placed me, how you function with me and in me and through me. I want to know that. And I seek to operate in that. I don't seek to operate in Sister Sandra's place. Does that make sense? I don't seek to operate in... Brother Joel's place, and vice versa. We seek to find and walk in our place. And our place is in relation to other members of the body. But when we walk in our place that God has ordained for us, it serves the kingdom of God. You know, Lot and Abraham had to split up. You knew that, right? Yeah. I wonder what it was like for Rahab when Salmon married her. Whew. Think she had to endure anything, or do you think Israel just embraced her? You ever think about this? When Salmon of the tribe of Judah decided to marry Rahab, who had from Jericho, 
Have you ever thought about it? The Lord said, don't take anything from there. But clearly, the Lord had a plan for Rahab. Do you think everybody in the tribes of Judah just said, Rahab, it's so wonderful to welcome you into our fold. Come along. I don't think so. Man, I know how people can be. You know how people can be. Let it be a lesson to us. Let it be a lesson to us in striving to know place and unity that when God says, I'm adding to the fold. Right? Jesus said in speaking of the shepherd and the fold, he said, I have sheep that are not yet in the fold. Them also I must bring. I'm not talking about compromising. I'm not talking about adjusting the doctrine of the apostles and changing the word. You understand. I don't think Israel started adjusting and changing their laws so Rahab could be married to Salmon. She had to come along and in alignment with the law of God. But man, may God give us grace to welcome others as he sets them in their place. Amen. I finish. Verse number 39. And these all, that's all the four we read about and all the others too that are in there. These all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise... Watch verse 40. God, having provided some better thing for us. Did you get that? God, having provided some better thing for us. That they, who's they? Noah, Abraham, Moses, Rahab. Why didn't he say... But Noah and Abraham and Moses and Rahab and Gideon and Jephthah. And, because it was no longer about the individual. All of they had fulfilled their function in the plan of God, in the kingdom of God. They had found their place and done what was called of them in their time of life when they walked their walk of faith. And as a result, it made a way God having provided a better thing for us that they, without us, should not be made perfect or complete. They were part of the story, but the story is not finished. And you and I are now here, and we're part of the story. And the story is not finished, but they, Rahab harlot, Noah, Rahab the harlot, Abraham, Moses, Noah, all these others, they are not perfect or complete without us. So they are counting on us to walk in our place. This is how important unity is. As sure as I wouldn't be here if Noah hadn't built an ark, and I wouldn't know of the promise were it not for Abraham, and I wouldn't have the first five books of Scripture were it not for Moses, and the bloodline of Christ had to run through. As sure as all that affects me, how I walk by faith and I find my place in the kingdom and calling of God affects them. That's what the writer's declaring to us. They are not complete without us. 
You want to see it more clearly? Skip down to the next verse. Verse 1, chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. That's all the they in chapter 11. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. They already ran the race. Let us run with patience. The race that is set before us. Watch verse 2. Looking to Jesus. The author. Yes. Now we read that. And I pray that. Lord, you're the author and you're the finisher of my faith. You believe that? See the author and the finisher of your faith? What does it mean, the author? The writer? It also means he's the beginning of it. It's like the founder. He's the author of it. It started with him. He's the author of your faith. Guess what? He started authoring in verse 4, verse 2, verse 3. Through faith we understood the worlds were framed by the word of God. He started authoring. Verse 4, we read Abel. Verse 5, we read Enoch. Verse 7, we read about Noah. Verse 8, we read about Abraham. Verse 24, we read about Moses. What's happening? He's authoring your faith. He's been authoring your faith through every one of their lives. He's the author and he's the finisher. And if the Lord tarries... And we pass from this life and wait for the trumpet from, an, from a grave. Will the Lord say, they walked in unity and they found their place. And they fit where I was riding them in the story. This is critical. Stand with me tonight, please. When you and I understand we are beholden to Noah and Abraham and Moses and Rahab, not just because of what they did, but because of the fact that they did it in faith, in obedience to the Lord. And then I understand I'm not called to be Noah or Moses or Abraham or Rahab. I'm called to be Joel Hart. And you're called to be Israel, and you're called to be Samuel, and you're called to be Nelson. I could go around the room, and you're called to be Daisy, and you're called to be TJ. And you're, I could just keep going. You're called to be who God has designed you to be. But he's written you into this story. And when I find my place in him, I will walk and operate in unity. Because I'm no longer competing for somebody else's place. Matter of fact, I'm trying to support them in their place. I'm trying to help them, if need be, find their place. And they're helping me. You're helping me, if need be, find my place. And together we are running the race that is set before us, looking to the author and the finisher.
He's ordering steps. We have to see this in the context that it was really intended. He wasn't writing about these guys. So we go, man, I hope I have faith like Noah. We should. But it wasn't miracle faith. It was day by day faith walking in obedience to the instruction of God for their life. That's faith. That's faith. Day by day obedience, walking instruction of the will of God for your life. That's faith. Let me read this last set of scriptures. First Corinthians three. That's where we finished a couple of weeks ago. But I want us to come back here. We've really been trying to cool it down in this building. We came and turned the air on really early today and turned those mini splits on early. But we get us all in here and it gets warm, I know. First Corinthians 3, verse 6. I'm just starting at verse 6 because I want you to grab, pick, or grab on to where we finished a couple weeks ago. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Okay. Noah built the ark. Abraham got the promise. Moses wrote the story. But God. I planted. Apollos watered. But God. The Rodriguez taught the Bible study. The Santos followed up. But God. place not seeking credit seeking the will of god and the plan of god watch so then neither is he that plants anything neither he that waters but god that gives the increase i want you to see verse 8 now he that planteth and he that watereth are one unity hold on you mean if the Rodriguez planted five years ago, and then the Santos come along five years later and run into this individual or this family, and they water. They're still one, even though it's five years apart. Yeah. That's how faith works. That's what Hebrews 11 was trying to reveal to us. They lived at different times. They fulfilled different functions in place, but they were in unity throughout all of time and in all that they were doing because God was using them for his purpose. He that planteth, he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. You're going to receive a reward for your individual labor. But it's not about your individual identity. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation another builds on. That's what happened. Noah did something. Abraham did something. Moses, it's just the continual building of the. Another builds thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build on this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work 
shall be made manifest. See, when you find your place and I find my place, how I'm building on, it's going to be manifest. You say, well, nobody knows what I'm doing. Somebody knows. You and I are walking in our place that he's ordained. He knows. And every man's work will be made manifest. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he's built thereon, he shall receive a reward. Jesus, I pray that you would knit us together in unity. I pray that we would see and find our place in you, in your kingdom, in the work of the kingdom, in the body of Christ. Recognizing that you that has placed us, that you have a divine plan, direction and destiny set upon every one of our lives. We're not meant to be cookie cutters, but we're meant to be obedient children of God walking in faith. I pray, thank you. Thank you for equipping us, thanking you for the measure of faith. I pray in every life here, God, take us, continue to mold us, continue to use us. Let the spirit of unity work in us, with us, and through us for the glory of God. Let us not seek credit, but simply seek to find our place in you and be knit together one with the other, whereby you would be lifted up, you would be glorified. Your name would be made manifest and men would be reconciled unto you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And I thank you, Father. I thank you. I thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. I ask you meditate on this word tonight. In Jesus' name. God bless you.